0: Hello, you're listening to Arts for Nonsense Nation with myself, Christian, this afternoon. And I'm very happy to be joined uh, on the phone today by author Lauren Amy Curtis, who was shortlisted for um, this year's Australian Book Review Elizabeth Jolly Short Story Prize for her short story, Butter. So, yeah, thanks so much for joining us today, Lauren.
1: No worries, thanks for having me.
0: Absolute pleasure. Um, so yeah, for, for those who don't know, could you um, tell us uh, a little bit about the Short Story Prize and yeah, and I guess what, like, what it means, what it means to you and sort of what you know about the history of it and all of that?
1: It's a pretty famous prize, so it definitely means a lot. I'm not sure how long it's been going for. I probably should have brushed up on this information, but I've definitely always looked out in the past for the shortlisted stories and I've always read the ones that have won or the ones that have been shortlisted. I don't know if I've entered this prize before, but I've definitely entered other prizes, and it's a big honor to be shortlisted for this prize. It's a huge one, so I'm sort of still a little bit in shock about it, I guess. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah.
0: how, how did you respond when yeah when you found out you were shortlisted?
1: Um, I got a phone call on a day. It was a terrible day, and I had this phone call I think they left a voicemail, so I kind of knew what it was about, but I called back, and it was just the perfect end to a terrible day, which hasn't happened to me before. Um, I was walking home from work through the um, botanic gardens, and I'm pretty sure there was a rainbow, like a storm had just finished, and there was a rainbow happening over the harbor, and it was pretty ridiculous. I think I was sitting on a park bench having this conversation, looking at this rainbow. And feeling pretty happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> pretty ridiculous. Like all the cliches just. It was in one. yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> all the cliches. Terrible day as well.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's funny how that just happens. So like like obviously you know, people often talk about like writers hating cliches and wanting to avoid it, but, but sometimes it does actually just happen. <laughs>
1: uh, like but that's, yeah, yeah. That's the thing about cliches as well. Like you're right, you do want to avoid them. Sometimes when we read them in stories or in novels, it can feel a bit, you know, you sort of roll your eyes sometimes. But the thing is that clichés are clichés for a reason. You know, these things happen and they're sort of common experiences that people have and that's why they're clichés. So sometimes when clichés are in stories or novels or films even and they're done right, it can be really amazing because it sort of um, validates a sort of universal experience.
0: Hmm. That's true. And like, do you, <laughs> talking a bit more about cliches, do you, do you um, see any difference, I guess, between like story cliches and um, say like phrasing cliches, like cliched idioms that sometimes do pop up in like people's writing or um, like descriptions or <laughs> similes or anything like that?
1: I definitely think that the cliches, cliches in language, yeah, they're interesting because there are phrases that people say that have sort of lost meaning or there are phrases that even I use where I don't know where the original meaning has come from, and then you sort of learn what it's connected to, and sometimes it's really bizarre. There's a writer, um, Renata Adler, whose two novels, Speedboat and Pitch Dark, looks at the sort of phrases that people use without realising what it actually means, or, you know, this sort of idea of using language because it's something that you've picked up on in film or, or you've learned just from watching other people, but you don't actually know the meaning of what you're saying. I don't know. It's, it's tricky. I think that's really interesting when writers sort of pick up on phrases that people say that are clichéd and sort of draw attention to it in a really humorous way.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's good, too. Yeah. And especially with writing dialogue, I suppose. It, it depends on how you want to go about it. But, yeah, like any sort of... Uh, have you ever done that, oh, the exercises of, of a writer, of, like, eavesdropping on conversations much? And, um, <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. a
1: total eavesdropper. Mm. I'm, like, a relentless eavesdropper. It's terrible. It's made me very paranoid about other people eavesdropping, I think, because, I, I don't know, it's so delightful to eavesdrop on other people especially people who don't care about somebody eavesdropping on them, you know, who are sort of very unguarded in that way. But, you know, on buses, public transport, just the conversations that people have, I I don't know, I, I love it. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure. And definitely some of the things I've heard or some of the situations that have been brought up in conversations I've eavesdropped on have found their way into certain stories just because they're just too good not to use.
0: <laughs> oh, so, like, to the point where will they, like, inspire a whole story or will they just sort of, like, be dropped into like um, a pre-existing idea or a bit of both?
1: A bit of both, bit of both. But definitely when I hear something that sort of gets my attention, I definitely write it down because it's just, it's like finding gold. It's just the best thing that can happen. And I think it's interesting to listen to people talking to each other, especially in those situations where you're in a public space because I think people talk to each other differently when they know there's an audience around, like possibly even in a subconscious way. Uh, it just sort of affects the way that we communicate with each other, maybe the, the way that we portray ourselves. It's just really interesting to think of the difference between sort of private conversations and public conversations. And that's one of the good things about eavesdropping, trying to figure out if, the people talking to each other are aware of the audience around them or if they're totally in their own world and not paying any attention to the idea that somebody could be eavesdropping.
0: Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's always an interesting situation, especially I think you have mentioned public transport before like if you're if everybody else around you is quiet. So, yeah, you sort of Sometimes actors, though, they're, they're not eavesdropping, but, you know, really, if they're all quiet and you're the other ones talking, they probably are. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes
1: you, sometimes you get these strange situations, especially on public transport, I think, where, say, two people are talking or somebody's having a very loud phone conversation. You get sucked into a sort of collective with the other people around you. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but if someone's having, like, quite a strange conversation or an embarrassing conversation or whatever and you make eye contact with somebody else who's obviously eavesdropping and you both share a sort of recognition that you're both listening and and you find this either humorous or whatever, there's a sort of raised eyebrow that happens. That's always a funny experience as well. Yeah. Um, have, have you ever had that?
0: Um, am I alone in this? Oh, no, 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 def- definitely not. No, I, I, I definitely have. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> forming connections, like, with strangers over different things like that. And, like, unspoken connections as well is always very interesting, I find. Um, yeah. Oh, anyway, sorry. Just <laughs> getting briefly <laughs> back to um, the, the short story, price. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, could you could you just tell us a bit about Butter um, to start off with, um, but then also the two other shortlisted ones, um, the Leaching Layer and um, f- uh, is it Featherpeds?
1: I'm not sure how to pronounce um, that. The one. pronunciation, yeah. Yes. I, your your guess is probably as good as mine. Hmm. Um, okay, Butter. Uh, it's definitely an old story of mine. It went through about a million different drafts. Um, it changed a lot. It got rejected a lot. Apart from being a big honour to be shortlisted for the Jolie, Uh, it was also a wonderful validation of stubbornness, just pure stubbornness (laughs) with this story, because it's probably, out of all the stories I've written, it's probably been through the most drafts. It's about youth, I guess, and power, and the sort of dynamic between those two things. I don't know if I should talk about what happens in it or not.
0: Oh, that's totally up (laughs) to you, I think.
1: (laughs) Okay. I guess I will say that it's told from the perspective of a group of women recounting their youth in the first person, plural. So it's kind of like a, a collective of people retelling a story, sort of in the same way that uh, Jeffrey Eugenidius did in The Virgin Suicide. Uh, have you read that?
0: Virgin, oh, that, in, that, yeah. That one. Oh. in the
1: film? Coppola did the film, and yeah.
0: Not yet it's earliest. sort of this thing,
1: yeah. it's sort of a, it's this thing where, um, you know, we, every sentence starts with we. So we saw, we thought, we were embarrassed. It, it's this idea of, um, in my mind, it's kind of like a Greek chorus. You know how in uh, Greek theatre there's a chorus and they don't have individual characters or identities and they speak in unison and they sort of comment on the dramatic action happening. So the first person plural to me is kind of like a Greek chorus. And I like to the idea of playing around with that because it's about teenage youth and I think sometimes teenage girls are looked at as if they're a kind of collective or if they're kind of a group of people without these individual identities but it's also I I don't know it's interesting I think when you tell a story um, in the first person plural it gives the voice uh, more power I think in what they're saying because there's more people involved sort of power
0: and numbers. So it was, that was something that I played around in the story. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting, I suppose. I guess it, like, goes straight from... Like, if, if it's first-person, um, obviously people can still kind of imagine that there are other, other individuals who have had, like, similar experiences, but I guess if it's first-person plural, it just dives straight for that kind of, like, collective shared experience type idea in the reader's mind.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think that's how we... We look at youth as well, like talk about cliches. There are so many cliches to do with youth um, and to do with experiences of youth and how youth uh, is kind of nostalgic in a false way. So that's another reason that uh, it was interesting to tell the story from that perspective Um, because although it's about teenage girls, uh, it's told sort of retrospectively. So it's looking at youth in the sort of sobering light of day at all the silly things that happened and all the things that could have potentially gone wrong.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. And yeah, that nostalgic kind of gaze is always funny, a funny thing to play around with.
1: Yeah, yeah. because it's, it's so false. I, I think nostalgia is, is so false in a way, in a kind of alluring way, definitely in a romantic way. And I think it's funny to play around with uh, the idea of nostalgia and whether nostalgia sort of accurately portrays the past or not. I definitely don't think it does.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah. I suppose that's that's sort of to do with all sorts of like cognitive distortions and memory and remembering, uh, having memories as an adult from when you were still developing.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. And our memories are constantly evolving as well. What I think about my teenage years now will be totally different in ten years, and so on and so on. And I find that really interesting as well. It's sort of constantly adapting with the way that we grow and the way that we age and what we learn about the world that we didn't know before.
0: Hmm. That <laughs> that's probably all we have time for, so um, sorry oh. about that, Lauren. Um <laughs> just No, bit. I
1: think it was my bad. <laughs> oh no,
0: it's no, totally fine. Um, but yeah, just just um wanted to well a few last little things before we go. But um yeah, just, just did want to mention that so the the winner of um, the Elizabeth Jolly Short Story Prize will be announced uh, next Thursday the tenth, right? Yeah, uh, that's right. Yes, um, Potts Point Bookshop. Yep. So if people want to come along, it's 6 p.m. arrival for 6.30 start. And yes, yeah, so could, could you just quickly tell us about um, what, what's going to be happening on that night?
1: Um, so I think that there'll be readings from each of the stories, perhaps not the whole story, but I think there'll be a little reading from each story, and then they'll present the prize. I actually read that a guest. A secret guest is presenting the prize, but nobody's told me who it is, so I'm probably not the best person to ask that question.
0: Nobody told um, you who the secret guest was? <laughs> no, nobody
1: told me who the secret guest is. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it's a surprise for me too, but, mm. I mean, that's a it's quite mysterious. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Mm, definitely, yeah. And, um, yeah, were there, were there any last things you wanted to say um, well, yeah, about, about Butter or about... Um, Uh, the short story prize, or um, even the... You're working on a novella at the moment, right? I've heard?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm working on a novella, slowly but surely. (laughs) I don't know what I should say about that. Fair. Um, I will say that um, I think you can read uh, excerpts of each of the shortlisted stories online at the Australian Book Review. If you have a subscription, I think you should be able to log in and read the whole thing. So I just suggest people read them if they're interested. They're all good stories.
0: Beautiful. Um, thanks so much for joining me today, Lauren. And um, uh, yeah, best of best of luck for Thursday, I suppose. Yeah, such an exciting. Yeah, well, just to be shortlisted, obviously, it's such an exciting thing already. But yeah, good luck, and and with the novella as well, and your future writing projects. Hope they all oh, do thanks for you. Yeah. thanks
1: for that. Uh, thanks for having me.